welcome back to Lounge with Books. I'm Sophie. And I'm Claire. And we are two ex-librarians keeping in touch through the power of books and we have finished our sixth book club read because this is how me and Claire like keeping in touch. We read books together and share them with you guys and we have just finished Ghost Forest by Pik Shun Fung and wow, what a book. What a yeah. book. Yeah. I think it's touched us quite deeply, hasn't it? The, the writing because it is quite a philosophical read quite emotional mm. um i particularly enjoyed all the cultural side of the the book just finding out a little bit about the, the hong kong sort of culture yeah i really liked the culture and i just feel like considering the amount of words that she used in this book every character felt so unique and mm. her descriptions of grief were so heartfelt and in the final pages of the book I just I was moved you know because you could really put yourself in those shoes and think gosh Mm -hmm. I can feel this emotion that she's she's writing about and I think that was felt throughout the entire book all these strong emotions were so um, perfectly captured yeah and just that those those moments of regret almost really wasn't it sort of Mm. for on the father's side that regret and but the forgiveness and the love of both the characters in the end you know that it was there wasn't it it was it was a a beautiful story and I think what I liked about it the most is we almost both went into this blind because you just went off the cover (laughs) yes (laughs) um and I think that was it was nice because it was almost a surprise when it was actually very very good um and I've really enjoyed my time in Ghost Forest. I would say if you love emotive books or poetic, lyrical books, it's a perfect story and you yeah. need to read it. Yeah, and if you you know, if you don't if you struggle with really big books, this is not a big book. Uh so it, you know, you can just sort of swim through it nicely. It's yeah. It's lovely. I mean, for me, I I think I'm going to give it an overdue because I feel like it's a book I would pick up again and read and it definitely would be a book that I would recommend to somebody. Yeah, I have to agree. My rating for this book would also be an overdue. It's one that I would recommend and I think for me an overdue book is one that will stay with you long after you finish reading it it's the story that you'll always think back on and be like oh my gosh that was really good so yeah ghost forest pick shong fung it's an overdue from both of us outstanding rating you need to read it (laughs) but we're on to our seventh book club book claire oh my gosh and it's back to me i had to choose this book and i went this time i went for an author that we both really like so when we both worked at the library we both picked up the midnight library by matt haig and we fell in love with that book mm. you know some people said this book was a bit marmitey the midnight library some people loved it some people hated it but me and you absolutely adored it so because of that i thought let's go back to matt haig because i know it's an author we both enjoy and i picked up the book which is called the humans because it's got a bit of a science twist and because it's Matt Haig, I imagine it's very philosophical. So I've decided to go for this book for our seventh book club book. Yeah, I'm looking forward to reading it. I think it it looks a really good one. Um, like you say, we both enjoyed The Midnight Library. The Midnight Library was very much about mental health, and I feel like this one's going a little bit down that route as well. 
possibly. Mm. I think it's I think it's about what makes us human. Almost. Mm. I don't know to be fair. Yeah. I, I I just like the fact there's a dog on the front. <laughs> yeah, I still have a dog on the front. My cover's very different to your cover, isn't it? Yeah, our covers are completely different. I'll have to take a picture of mine and put it on Instagram and then you'll have to take a picture of yeah. yours so everyone can see. Mine's a bit like funky, bit hip. Mine's just with the dog on the front looking up into the starry sky. But we're going to read the blurb and the humans, Matt Haig, here we go. There's no place like home. Or is there? After an incident one wet Friday night where he is found walking naked through the streets of Cambridge, Professor Andrew Martin is not feeling quite himself. Food sickens him. Clothes confuse him. Even his loving wife and teenage son are repulsive to him. He feels lost amongst a crazy alien species and hates everyone on the planet. Everyone, that is, except Newton, and he's a dog. Who is he really, and what could make someone change their mind about the human race? So, as always, we dip into the book a little bit just to incentivise you guys to Mm. join us on this journey, um, and hopefully it will make you want to pick up the humans as well to read along with us. So I'm going to read the preface, an illogical hope in the face of overwhelming adversity. I know that some of you reading this are convinced humans are a myth, but I'm here to state that they do actually exist. For those that don't know, a human is a real bipedal life form of mid-range intelligence, living a largely deluded existence on a small waterlogged planet in a very lonely corner of the universe. For the rest of you and those who sent me, Humans are, in many respects, exactly as strange as you would expect them to be. Certainly it is true that on a first sighting you would be appalled by their physical appearance. Their faces alone contain all manner of hideous curiosities. A protuberant central nose, thin skin lips, primitive external auditory organs known as ears, tiny eyes and unfathomably pointless eyebrows, all of which take a long time to mentally absorb and accept. The manners and social customs, too, are a baffling enigma at first. Their conversation topics are very rarely the things they want to be talking about, and I could write 97 books on body shame and clothing etiquette before you would even get close to understanding them. Oh, and let's not forget the things they do to make themselves happy that actually make them miserable. This is an infinite list. It includes shopping, watching, TV, taking the better job, getting the bigger house, writing a semi-autobiographical novel, educating their young, making their skin look mildly less old, and harbouring a vague desire to believe there might be a meaning to it all. Yes, it is all very amusing in a painful kind of way, but I have discovered human poetry while on Earth. One of these poets, the very best one, her name was Emily Dickinson, said this, I dwell in possibility, so let us humour ourselves and do the same. Let us open our minds entirely for what you are about to read, will need every prejudice, and you may have to stand aside in the name of understanding. And let us consider this. What if there actually is a meaning to human life? And what if, humour me, life on earth is something not just to fear and ridicule, but also cherish? What then? Some of you may know what I have done by now, but none of you know the reason. This document, this guide, this account, call it what you will, will make everything clear. I plead with you to read this book with an open mind, and to work out for yourself the true value of human life. Let there be peace. 
<laughs> that we took ready? longer to read than I thought it yeah. would, Claire. <laughs> Um, so this is the next part. We go on to part one. I took my power in my hand. The man I was not. So what is this? You ready? Okay, inhale and I will tell you. This book, this actual book is set right here on earth. It is about the meaning of life and nothing at all. It is about what it takes to kill somebody and save them. It is about love and dead poets and whole nut peanut butter. It's about matter and antimatter, everything and nothing, hope and hate. It's about 41-year-old female historian called Isabel and her 15-year-old son called Gulliver and the cleverest mathematician in the world. It is, in short, about how to become a human. But let me state the obvious. I was not one. That first night, in the cold and the dark and the wind, I was nowhere near. Before I read Cosmopolitan in the garage, I had never even seen this written language. I realise that this could be your first time too. To give you an idea of the way people here consume stories, I have put this book together as a human would. The words I use are human words, typed in a human font, laid out consecutively in a human style. With your almost instantaneous ability to translate even the most exotic and primitive linguistic forms, I trust comprehension should not be a problem. Now, to reiterate, I was not Professor Andrew Martin. I was like you. Professor Andrew Martin was merely a role, a disguise, someone I needed to be in order to complete a task, a task that had begun with his abduction and death. I am conscious this is setting a grim tone, so I will resolve not to mention death again for at least the rest of this page. So that is the introduction to the humans. Ooh. And it's quite interesting. Yeah. It sounds like um, an alien's Yeah, in a human body to boot. Yeah. That's, that's the impression I was kind of getting. Oh. I don't know, intriguing. <laughs> <laughs> like a, an alien has come down, pretended to be human, and is now writing their thesis on what these little humans are. I mean, there was definitely some funny moments in there, like all the things that make us miserable. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder if this is, you know, as you say, the Midnight Library was very mental health related, and I wonder if this is going to be more of the same, but because it's an observation on humanity, it's almost like us recognising what makes us unhappy in ourself potentially yeah. i don't know i think it's a clever idea um and it's quite funny the way that it's written because it is like a scientific paper yeah it almost the writing sort of reminds me a little bit of um the douglas adams yeah book. hitchhiker's guide yeah a little bit you know it's the way the narrator talks to you doesn't you know, yeah, bit. directly. Yes. So, so you feel uh, like you're part of it. Yes. So it feels a little bit like that, but we'll see. I'm looking forward to reading it. It's going to be great. This is completely different to what we just read. So yeah. Well. <laughs> and I think maybe completely different to what we've read in our other six yeah, books. Yeah, absolutely. Why are all of our books seem to be so different from the next? I like that. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to pick a horror next, you know. 
Oh my gosh, I was going to say it's going to be horror or romance because they're the two we just haven't done. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's the humans. We're going to be reading to the end of page 49. So next week we'll be discussing the first 49 pages and then we'll be going from page 50 because it finishes... The end of page 49 is like a nice break in the book, so it's a good place to finish. So do pick up The Humans, you know, um, I'm sure it'll be at your local libraries. It's not like an overly new book. So pick it up, um, read along with us and let us know your thoughts over on Instagram. And I'm sure we'll be letting you know our thoughts throughout the week and on next week's podcast. But what other reading have we been up to? Well, um... Well, i tell you what other reading I've been up to, which I did tell you about, Sophie. I read my poetry. (laughs) You need to read poetry for the podcast at some point. (laughs) I subjected a very small crowd of people in an open mic to my poetry uh, that I wrote while I was a school librarian for our poetry slam. Yeah. I knew you'd be impressed by that. (laughs) <laughs> I was very brave. I have to. When you sent the picture, I was like, I bet the the kids on the front row enjoyed the bogey one. <laughs> that one is so grim, but it's so funny. Claire is strangely very funny when it comes to poetry. Like you're very yeah. good at writing funny poems. <laughs> I don't know how you got this talent, but it's a good one to have. Uh, I read it's Glastonbury as well. But anyway. Um, the book, I'm not going to talk too much about the book because I'm still reading it, but it's The Impulse Purchase by Veronica Henry and um, it's about three women that purchase a pub and they've just purchased the pub, um, Ooh, which is so very random. Far in, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We're about a third of the way in, but yeah, they have purchased the pub. They're not in the pub yet, but they've purchased it. This Cherry, the older, has purchased this pub and so and is going hell for leather into it with the daughter and the daughter of the daughter. <laughs> the daughter of the daughter of the daughter. Yeah. <laughs> this wasn't one of them, their husband was having an affair. Mm. Which character well, is that? Is that the... That's Cherry's uh, husband. But it transpires that actually it was a little bit of a... Um, the, the woman was quite obsessed with him and... Although it looked like he was having an affair, I think he was just trying to appease her. I don't know how true that is, but I think she was quite hard work and quite troublesome. And so it was just a case of he was appeasing her and it looked worse than it was and they hadn't been having an affair. So, yeah. But we'll see. I don't know if I believe it. Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) seems too I don't mm. know mm. and he's not happy that she's brought the pub oh well I bet not <laughs> well I think he thought we're going into retirement we're going to go on lavish holidays and just enjoy life and she's brought the pub which is obviously going to be incredibly hard work and tiring and take all their time <laughs> <laughs> I quite like Cherry I feel like she's a cool character <laughs> just yeah. pubs yeah my reading week was quite productive, actually, because obviously I finished Ghost Forest, so that's one down. I also finished Notes on an Execution by Danya Kukafka, and wow, that book was good. I do feel with this 
book, on the blurb, it, it kind of boasted a feminist narrative, taking a different twist on the serial killer kind of story. And I'm not quite sure she hit that nail. Because by the end of it, the, the female characters in this book are so deeply flawed that you kind of feel sorry for the serial killer. <laughs> and I'm like, I feel like that wasn't her intention for us to oh. feel sorry for, you know, the white male serial killer. I felt like the story was meant to say they're not interesting, we shouldn't care, you know. But I don't, I don't really know... I didn't really think it was a feminist story. I don't know why that was on the blurb. I don't know if it's just the publicist has got it wrong. But that aside, whatever agenda they were trying to preach... The book itself was an amazing journey. I loved all the different stories. The ending was incredibly sad. It was conclusive, but you did feel like, ugh, that, you know, it isn't a fair system. And the story itself had this philosophical thread of, you know, all the choices we make. You know, there's another universe where we made different choices. And what do we look like in that universe? And all of those sorts of things and I did like that idea you know it's a very popular idea in philosophy and I enjoyed how she incorporated that into the story um so notes on an execution if you like mystery if you like suspense if you like thriller books philosophical books emotive books I would say it's one for you for me personally it is an overdue this this book for me is going to get five stars of goodreads wow it's incredibly written well crafted the characters are all so deeply flawed that you can't really say anybody is bad. Even the guy that like killed three people, which you know is bad. There's just moments with his character that you think nobody is all bad. And I think from the book, that's what I got. Nobody is all bad and nobody is all good. But yeah, regardless of meaning, very good book. Highly recommend it. <laughs> I also finished Bedlam by LJ Ross, which is my audio book. And Last week I was saying I was struggling with this audiobook, I was annoyed about the tropes that were in it and the themes and it wasn't captivating me in the same way the previous two did. This book wrapped up nicely, it had a good ending and it was was an explosive ending. It made me go, oh okay, it wasn't so bad. But I still think this series for me, it's not getting better, it is coasting. Um, so will I pick up the next one? I'm not sure because I feel like it's going to be more of the same. I don't think it's going to be as captivating as the first book, but just because the other two haven't been as good and they've not followed the same kind of wow factor. So I think I'll leave the series for now. I might return to it, but, um, Bedlam, Bedlam by LJ Ross, I'd say if you like a bit of cheesy mystery and you've read the other two, you know, read it, it's more of the same. Would it be a return? I don't think so. I think that's a bit harsh. I'd say it's a renew because I probably would read more of the series, but I just need a break from it at the moment. So I'm really happy because I've read loads of books this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still reading I Kiss Sarah Wheeler by Casey McQuiston, mainly because I just haven't read any of that this week. It's one of those books that I just had on the back burner. Um, but what I did do is I picked up a book from my bookshelf that I've had for over a year and it's called Gideon the Ninth by Tamsin Muir and it is a sci-fi book and it is necromancy in space and it is just madness Claire I'm really enjoying <laughs> it's a huge book it's like 500 pages but I'm already halfway through and I only picked it up at the weekend and I'm just obsessed it is so good and so silly and considering it's 
setting up necromancy, space, all of these different people, it's not confusing to follow. I don't know how they've managed that because people really struggle with that balance in science fiction. Um, so yeah, getting the night, it is a lot of good fun. I'm enjoying it and I imagine my review will be with you guys next week because <laughs> I can't put it down. I'm literally picking it wow. up every night when I get home. You look, a, you love so, a bit of sci-fi though, don't you? I, do you know when it's done right? I yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like our new book's a little bit sci-fi-ish possibly. With aliens, yeah. Mm. I, I'm, intru- I'm introducing you to sci-fi, Claire, just slowly. Yeah. I'm just poking it in there. <laughs> <laughs> You'll read a little bit. <laughs> I think I've talked enough, Claire. Do you want to wrap up? Uh, I don't usually do the end bit, Sophie. Uh, oh, how do we end it usually? So we are starting The Humans by Matt Hay, reading up to page 49. Uh, which is then on to the new chapter. And you can find out all about our podcast on at Lounging With Books on Instagram. And it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Claire's first sign off. Woo! <laughs> <laughs>